Welcome, everyone, to episode 23 of the Hot Esquina podcast. Yo soy Enrique. How about them Yanks, huh? They are back to their winning ways after sweeping Oakland all three games after winning Sunday against Houston in that walk-off fashion where Aaron Judge just keeps solidifying his MVP case for the 2022 season. They've won four in a row, and they're on their way to face Houston for one game on Thursday before facing Cleveland in a three-game weekend set. But this episode isn't about the Yankees, no. This episode is going to be minor-centric, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We're going to focus on the minors in this one, going all the way from the single-A Tampa Tarpons and the Complex League all the way up to triple-A Scranton Wilkes-Barre. We're going to have you covered with experts that are going to give you insight and knowledge on every level of the minors and give you some tidbits on the players that you may or may not know down there in the farm. And we'll be right back. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Are you out? And we're back. So to get this bad boy started, I'd like to welcome on John Brophy, who's got you guys covered with some single A talk as well as complex league talk. John, how you doing? Great, Enrique. How you doing? I am doing great, brother. Always a pleasure to have you on, especially as the patriarch of this podcast. You know, you're always welcome. So I'm happy that you're on to talk some single A and, and complex league with us. I love, you know, I love talking about these guys. Um, these are, this is my passion talking about a lot of the guys don't, that don't get the focus as, um, as much as the, the guys in Scranton and Somerset. So, you know, I'm always happy to talk about these guys. Well, then, then let's get right to it. I'd like to start out first by asking you, how about this kid that we got from the Voight trade, Justin Lang? What do you think about him over there in the complex league? Um, the first time that I saw him, um, he really struggled. Um, he had trouble uh, locating his, his pitches. Uh, but I did see him this past Monday. Uh, he pitched five innings, only gave up one earned run, one hit, walked three men, but struck out seven. He looked incredible. And I think this is the pitcher that the Yankees really intended on getting when um, they went out to Arizona uh, Complex League to pick him up from the, the Padres. Um, so this is the kid that I think the Yankees really saw. And, and this isn't the one that, that should really have a 10 ERA right now. I'm all for this, this kid, you know, getting a chance at some point in the future, maybe the distant future, but you never know. You know what I'm saying? Um, moving on. How about Brock Selvage? Tell me about him. What I saw last year of him really, really impressed me. Um, his, uh, box score that I've seen has been very impressive as well this year in, uh, Selvage's last outing, he pitched, um, no earned runs in five innings. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. Really the outing previous to that four and a third innings, uh, allowed one earned run nine and a third innings. You only allow one earned run. I mean, what's more to say? He sounds legit so far. Um, 
moving on to the single A Tarpons. A lot of Yankee fans want to know about Austin Wells. Uh, anything you've seen from him this year that excites you? I mean, he's only down in Tampa on rehab. It's well, it's it's not rehab. I'm kind of using air quotes here. It's not listed as a rehab officially by the Yankees. If I were to say year over year, yeah, he he looks a lot better year over year. His pop time has progressed uh, tremendously because last year that was my biggest complaint uh, as far as his defense was his pop time, getting the ball out of the glove, getting a runner, trying to steal second. Um, that was the biggest, I think, um, issue that he had because his bat wasn't an issue at all. Um, and I think that those that have seen him hit in um, Hudson Valley have seen that. And I think that'll be a thing that will uh, that Yankee fans are, are looking forward to seeing in the, the coming weeks and months, seeing what, what comes going forward. Yeah, I mean, his bat has never been the issue. The issue yeah. with him has always been his defense and, you know, that whole rumor that he might not be a catcher long term. But I know there's been disputes over that claim and he himself says he wants to be a catcher. So, I mean, what do you think? Is he a catcher long term? He looks more and more like he's going to stick as a catcher long term because looking at him, now granted, I only saw him this past Sunday because Saturday was too rainy for me to justify traveling to Tampa um, to see him in the doubleheader. So I only saw him this past Sunday. So I saw him play in Bradenton um, via MILB TV and he looked really good defensively in Bradenton. He looked really good when I saw him on Sunday. So, you know, I can't really complain about him defensively that way. Um, the little bit that I saw in spring training, he looked good. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see a reason for them to move uh, Wells defensively. When he interviewed with the media in spring training, he said that he intends on sticking as a catcher. The Yankees say that he intends on sticking as a catcher, so I'm going to go with it. Let me ask you about a couple of guys that have caught my eye. I got to ask about our fellow Cubano, Alexander Vargas, bro. ¿Qué bola con él? ¿Qué te parece? Is he, is he doing good? What's been his deal? I know he's been struggling lately. He's a little too aggressive at the plate. He kind of goes after the ball a little bit too much. Tries to hit at 500 feet. And the pitching is, because it's a little bit more advanced than it was in the complex league, I think that's kind of a struggle that's across the board. If you look at the Tarpons offense, if you look at, and we'll, we'll discuss this a little bit further, I think, with uh, the rest of the, the other guys, with him and Gomez and Dominguez. And there's a lot of the other guys that were teammates in the complex league that they've all been struggling a little bit more this year versus last year. And a lot of it is the pitching is a little bit more advanced because you're getting the American pitchers that have had the advanced kind of level of college pitching that you won't get out of the Dominican or Venezuela or Mexico where they don't have that kind of talent that you get out of the, the kids from the States. I mean, he's still got time to grow. He's still got time to progress. That's, that's the thing. And I think that goes with a lot of the, the international prospects where, you know, a lot of these kids are still really young. You can't give up on them just yet. Yeah. And, and he seems like a good kid and, and seems like he's willing to put in the work. Like, he, he was real cool that day that, that, I, that we met him. Well, you, you had already met him, but I'm saying yeah. that day that I went to the Tarpons game, I had the pleasure of meeting him, and he seemed like a solid stand-up kid. And, you know, I, you could definitely see the work ethic, even when he was in warm-ups and just overall. Like, he, he looks like he's ready to put in the work. So I got nothing but high hopes for the kid, even though he plays a position. Needless to say that the Yankees have 
a lot of depth. You you have to say it's their strengths. Let me ask you about the man everybody wants to know about, Jason Dominguez. Um, Jason Dominguez, I just put out a uh, an article today, kind of like a scouting report looking at a year in because as of the 28th of June, he has now been a professional player with the Yankees for a year. Um, so he, he made his professional debut on June 28th, 2021. It was kind of a look back to see how, how he's been doing and how he's progressed or maybe regressed a little bit. If you look at year, year over year, he's kind of the same thing. You know, his, his batting average is almost identical over what it was a year ago. Um, tonight, he went uh, two for five, um, two walks, or actually no walks. He had two strikeouts, but... Um, he did hit a triple. It was it was quite a hit too. It was a uh, very well hit. So it's just one of those things where you know it's like a lot of the other guys we've been talking about, where you know he just needs the experience, needs the at bats, and and you know I was expecting him to have been promoted by now. I thought he would have been promoted by Memorial Day, honestly, because I think I said that in the beginning of the season. But I'm thinking he might not be promoted this year, and it, it's kind of looking that way. Like he's. I think he's going to be sticking around until the end of the season, honestly. Me and Sean were expecting them to get promoted too. We'll, I'll be honest with you. I remember earlier in the year, uh, I forgot which game it was, but I remember he was pulled from the lineup uh, a game right yeah. before the game was going to start. And everybody started going into a frenzy. Even Yankees Twitter was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, here it comes. And they were like, I remember seeing one tweet, John, you'll laugh, but I saw one tweet that just said, let's get nuts. And they put a picture of I remember Jason. That, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, come on, guys, slow down. You know what I'm saying? I think he I think if I remember correctly, he followed the ball off his foot or something like that. I think is what happened. Why would you remove him from the lineup like that? Like it seemed a little suspicious. Yeah, so sometimes like Vargas was pulled uh, a couple weeks ago, um, just kind of randomly. As, and I've noticed, especially this time of year, that a lot of the guys will get pulled in the middle of a game, sometimes for heat precautions. You know, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little dizzy. Okay, they'll just throw in somebody else. Because these teams are so deep with, um, with players that, especially because of the contraction that they did, in um between 2019 and 2020 that a lot of these players are are cut are running a little bit deeper with players that they they can kind of have that little bit of luxury where they can do that when i went to the game yesterday it was 123 heat index so yeah sometimes you you need to you need to take a uh, play a half a game sometimes you know when you play down here in Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, <laughs> definitely, man. Hey, if this kid ever does make it up to the Bronx, you know, and and the hype is real, and he does make it that far, he's gonna love getting the bleep out of Florida and going up to New York and getting that, you know, fresh air and actually feeling cool air. You remember that's what happened with Giancarlo when he first got traded from Miami to New York, like he he felt the difference right away in the weather. He's like, wow, what a difference. I actually feel a breeze. I actually feel cool air up here. You know, like I'm paraphrasing obviously, because I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along those lines where you notice the difference the minute you leave Florida to any, literally anywhere else, John. So I completely believe it about the heat index and needing to take these kids out halfway through the game or even rest them before the game 
for those reasons. But obviously, like you said, as far as Dominguez, it wasn't that. It was that he fouled a ball off his foot. So, you know, glad it wasn't a, a serious issue and glad he's continued to play. Um, I guess my final question to you would be, you know, sticking with Dominguez, what's his timeline then? Do you think he'll get promoted next year? Like, will he start next year uh, with the Somerset Patriots? Or do you think, uh, you know, it, it all depends on how much seasoning he gets or what? Um, I don't know if, if it's he won't go up at all this year because it could be that he goes up very late. It could be that he goes up in August, you know, and then he just – plays full season or most of the season in Hudson Valley next year only because if you look at how late he was promoted in the season last year uh, up to up to the Tarpons um, he was only in low a Tampa then low a Tampa now single a Tampa I don't know why they changed the name Um, but he was he only played it was like six weeks in single a and then that was it so he didn't really have a lot of experience of single A ball. And I think that's why he's spending so much more time here this year. Getting that a little bit more extended time here, I think will will benefit him. And then they'll send him up to high A to face more advanced pitching. The the scouting report that I wrote is is kind of bringing him back a little bit down to earth. Is he's not exactly the next coming of Mike Trout. Really quickly before we end it, John, I know you wanted to quickly touch on uh, the rehab assignment of Domingo Herman. What did you think about that? And then we'll we'll end this segment of of the single A Tarpons and uh, the Complex League. What did you think about that? So I I know we're we're gonna talk about this after the fact that he threw in Somerset, but I'll we'll go over it anyways. I I liked what I saw of uh, Herman. I have some video up through Pinstripe Prospects, and I have some up on my Twitter as well. Um, I thought he could have gone more, um, but I also realized that he's probably not going to be a starter once he gets to the Bronx. So having him go 40 pitches makes sense to me. Um, he looked really good, though. He, like, he looked to me like they could have they could have sent him straight to the Bronx, honestly. But obviously having a Yankee pitcher pitch in Tampa, you know, kind of seems like he should have no trouble. But if I were to compare him versus Luis Severino, Sevi had a lot more trouble last year than Herman had this year. Take that for what it's worth, giving how Sevi looks this year. I mean, take that for what it's worth, I guess. Uh, John, I just wanted to tell you, man, thank you. This was, this was great. Um, lots of great insight. Um, so moving on, uh, up next, we're going to go to Sean, who's got you covered with some high A. Hudson Valley Renegades insight with Kylie. Sean, take it away, brother. Thanks, Enrique. Appreciate it. Now I'd like to welcome on Kylie. She is a photographer for the Pinstripe Pros. Kylie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thank you for uh, being part of the show. We really appreciate it. You know, of thanks course. for taking the Thank time. You. I just want to get right into it. So you know, we just talked to John about you know who he's looking at as as potential prospects for the future for the Yankees and or you know major leaguers in general um I'll just ask you right off the bat who do you who are you looking at right now as a like top guys in on Hudson Valley I mean you obviously have to 
point out, besides Everson, Piera, and Trey Sweeney, got to take another look at Anthony Segler, who's back this year, really proving himself once again after those injuries and just back on really good track and really filling in the shoes of Wells, who had to go back after that injury, go back to Tarpons for who knows how long. Um, and then we have some pitching that I haven't heard enough like Edgar Berkeley and Blaine Abietta. We've just got some guys that really have been showing up this year, and I'm excited to see more of. Yeah, speaking of uh, Everson Pereira, he's a he's a big name right now. And what can you tell me about him that stands out more than uh, you know the, the reason why he's on the 40 man roster? It seemed like a slow start this season for Everson, but. Here come the homers. Here come the opportunities for him to pull through. And he has. It's it's great to see him continue just to be great. I'm really looking forward to seeing him, hopefully, as he transitions to Somerset, you know, after he leaves Hudson Valley. Because I, I expect him to be a major leaguer within the next couple seasons. Yeah, uh, an, another guy definitely want to mention, because I know he's a top, I think, top five, top six prospect in the Yankee system. Trey Sweeney, uh, what can you tell me about him? Sweeney is one of the guys I remember on opening day. He was out. I can't remember what it was, but a lot of kids had already been repping the Sweeney shirts from the Renegades store. That's the kind of prospect that Sweeney is. He is basically this year's Volpe when it comes to the Renegades. With From what I've seen, because of course, a lot of the games that I've been to have been his off games. Um, he is, he is a clutch player. He, he has really good numbers. I believe he is sitting behind Everson in about third on the team with OPS and batting currently. He's, he is a really good player. And especially when you look at his age and everything that he's done so far, it's not surprising that he is where he is and that he's reached the Yankees high A at this level. He's solid that's that's the word that I use to describe him he's solid I didn't know what to expect if he was going to be as good as I was hearing but he is overall I I've liked to see his development so far he's someone I know I think every Yankee fan is uh looking forward to seeing in the future obviously we got a stacked in that position Yankees are very stacked there you know three of our top six prospects are shortstop. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be obviously some movement going around uh, in the future. But I have to say Hudson Valley Renegades are a team where, you know, they have seven, would have been eight if Wells was still there, but unfortunately he had gotten injured. There have been eight guys out of the top 30 that are in Hudson Valley right now as a top prospect. So uh, I want to also ask you uh, about Yoandres Gomez. What is so amazing about him? that he's obviously a top eight prospect. And I've only seen a couple, you know, footages here and there about him. Yeah, I haven't even had the opportunity to see him at a home game yet because he was sent up while they were on the long um, away stretch. But you see those videos and you see that's a major league pitcher pitching in high A right now. He is someone that in a few years, I'm, I'm trying to compare him to, I want to say like Severino at the moment <laughs> with that type of, Wow. With that type of energy, I I see him as a big starter very soon. He has 
hype around him for a reason and the videos from what I've been going by are great and I'm glad to have him up and I can't wait to see him in person that I'm really excited about because they Hudson Valley has a lot of good pitchers mm -hmm. coming up and a lot of good pitchers that we expect to do big things and obviously we don't expect them to do big things within this season or next but uh, someone, someone like you, Andres Gomez. They, they have him projected to come up by next season. He's only 22 years old, and uh, if he, if you're comparing him to Severino, then I think we got a, we got a good shot of having him be a really good um, pitcher for us in in the future. He reminds me when when you look at the ages and you look at the power, the delivery, everything that they're really coming through with for us this year. He reminds me a lot of when we had Randy Vasquez last season a lot of the same energy Mechanics. there yeah exactly thank you um i i'd say those two are comparable they're gonna be here before we know it and that's why i i, I wanted to ask you about two uh i'll ask this person first uh beck way what can you tell me about beck way beck way has been a fun one to watch because yes again his mechanics everything that he has has just been overall so impressive that I'm so glad that everyone's getting a chance to see him at this level and he is one of our top prospects but he is also one of the ones that you don't hear enough about what can you tell me about TJ and uh what, what do you expect from him TJ is an exciting one to have on the team and I remember when he first made the roster I had a few people reach out and say how excited they were to have him come up just because of not being able to see him last year and the injuries and this everything that he had going on last year but right now he's sitting with 3.32 um of his games this year once again I haven't gotten to any of his home games which is unfortunate but he's one of the ones I follow closely with video he has one of the different approaches of the pitchers that I've seen, similar to um, Blas Castellano, where you do see a lot of emotion in the pitching. You do see a lot of that dedication come through. And as it could be the photographer's aspect there, but I do see a different approach with his pitching, and it's exciting to see. I think he fits yeah. into the team well. There's so many good pitching prospects just on Hudson Valley that – I was really that's why you know I reached out to you because I knew that I, I didn't want to just make up stuff about them and yeah. videos I've seen you know because videos can only tell me so much but you know I know you've seen a majority if not almost all of these guys so far so that's why I wanted to ask you but uh, uh, I was I was at minor league camp you know during spring mm -hmm. training and uh, a, a guy I was really paying attention to and I have a bunch of footage of my own about him uh, Cooper Bowman. Cooper, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, what what are you seeing from him that, that excites you? It's exciting with Cooper because he is hitting a very similar way as Trey. But once again, you're not hearing as much about Cooper. There was a piece recently done for prospects, um, pinstriped prospects. And I I really appreciated that because I love seeing these players that aren't getting getting enough hype get the hype that they deserve. And with him, he is sitting, I, I believe, third or fourth, right below Trey and Everson. And he is just, he's one of the utility players, but he's not a utility player. 
<laughs> he is infield, but I feel like he could expand if he needed to. He reminds me a lot of our outfielder, Pat DeMarco. And that's, that's one of the things um, when they sign at the end of the game, I will get them mixed up because they do have similar builds and everything <laughs> because they'll stand next to each other and it'll just look like the same person standing next to each other. But he is, he's an exciting one to watch because not enough people are watching him. And I could see him coming up sooner rather than later as a good piece just to kind of keep, I'm trying to compare, think Tyler Wade, not necessarily an outfielder, but honestly try him out there. He has that universal approach, I think. When, and when it comes to at-bats and everything, he, he holds his own. He knows, he knows what he's doing. Uh, a, a guy I, I wanted to save for last, um, I know he's not with you guys now. He's with the Tarpons because of the mm -hmm. injury. But Austin Wells was absolutely dominating in Hudson Valley. Oh, my gosh, yes. What, so what <laughs> have you seen from him that, you know, shows that th he can be a, a major league ready guy in, in a couple seasons? So Wells, from last year to this year, it – I was personally, once again, surprised to have him back at Renegades and not in New Jersey with Volpe. That was one of the moves that I was more surprised by this season. Um, but mainly what I was pretty thrilled about this year was his stolen base percentage. I believe he was going to like 29 for 29 right before the injury. And it was even getting call outs on yes by Michael Kay and them. Like they were noticing for a reason, this guy was playing what I would probably say at his best before the injury. He was playing phenomenally last year, but this year it was a different Austin. And I remember when he was in Arizona Fall League last year thinking, yeah, I'm glad we got to see him at Hudson Valley because I don't think he's going to be back. And there you go. And I would not be shocked from what I'm hearing and just from what I saw before the injury, if he does just go to Somerset after this injury rather than come back to Hudson Valley. And it's it's for a reason. He truly does deserve to be there. I was going to say the same thing, that I could see him getting going from A straight to double A. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's very similar to Segler. They had him rebuild there for a few weeks before sending him back here. And I just it, – it almost it – almost, hurts to see him have to play at that level again not that there's anything wrong with that level it's just knowing what he's capable of yeah. it's just like well geez it's like send him back here but we've got we've got a full stack of catchers at the moment and I know multiple people have talked about the possibility of him playing first which I would love to see if that is something that he's interested in because I have heard that a lot but catching He's been doing a great job this year. I don't know if people heard differently last year, but this year was a different view for Austin. That was exactly what my follow-up question was going to be. Uh, a lot of people say that he doesn't have the arm to be a catcher, and maybe he's just not a catcher. Maybe he's more of like a first baseman or eventual, you know, outfielder. What what have you seen from him that you know shows that he is and can be a major league catcher or or not I think I think with the catching it's you see it from from the angle that I see it you see the pickoffs and you see the pickoff attempts and he has 
he has the brain for it. He has the skill for it. He knows what he's doing. I, I personally would be interested in seeing him at first just because I would like to see what else he can do. I think he could probably handle multiple positions if he wanted to. He is a very talented player, and you see this with the DH days. You see this even with the bench days, his attitude when he's catching for the um, warm-up pitchers. He he is overall, in my eyes, a great catcher, but if first base is something he's interested in, I'd love to see him try it because I would love to see Austin as a Yankee, um, and he's one of the ones that has the Yankee attitude and the Yankee energy. I, I've said this about a few players, but him, Volpe, and just a few others, they have the actual Yankee energy to them, and I, I hope they make it there. <laughs> um, so this is my last question, and this is kind of, it's kind of a different question, but I'm going to ask you, um, you know, he's not there yet, but he mm-hmm. will be, and I think it will happen this season for sure. Uh, I think that one of the top guys talked about in, all of baseball, Jason Dominguez. And right now he's with the Tarbids, but he's he's doing he's doing a lot better than ever since that article came out that he could be potentially a bust. He has taken that and has been absolutely like fascinating. And only 19 years old. How excited are you that you probably will see him within the next couple weeks, if not you know this month? I am ecstatic because I know the energy that that is going to bring to that stadium. Similar to last year with the crowds, I know that the crowds are going to pile up again. And when the crowds pile up, you see the difference in the team. And you know that they're going out there and they're playing at their best when they have that pressure. And you can also see the players and how they handle that pressure personally. I know that with Jason, we're going to have a lot of people basically analyzing every move that he makes yep. <laughs> and I'm sure he expects nothing less, but with a kid like that, that has so much hype behind him and is actually showing up for it. I'm so thrilled to like know that he is going to be one of the ones that has a banner up next year <laughs> saying former renegade. I know that he is going <laughs> to hold hold up to that standard it's it's very exciting the names that are going to be coming up I look forward to him I look forward to Antonio Gomez and eventually Ryder Green it's going to be a fun year it's going to be really exciting Dominguez is going to make Hudson Valley feel like you know a major league atmosphere for quite some time he'll probably he'll probably be there for the remainder of the season once he gets his call up and uh, I you know he's someone that I know every single you know, Yankee fan, major leaguer, you know, top top uh, beat reporter is, is staring at right now because, you know, Dominguez has been compared to the Trouts, the Mickey Mantles. You know, he's supposed to be the next best thing, and that's a lot of pressure for a 19-year-old kid. So, you know, when, when he gets to Hudson Valley, uh, I think it's going to be alarming how many more fans and, uh, you know, reporters, TV cameras are going to be showing up for, for him. But it's going to be really exciting. I look forward to it and I look forward to the differences that it makes in the team and what other moves are going to be made prior to that. Um, Probably a move for Everson. I can think of a few other 
players that should be sent up, but it's it's so hard to say, especially with the moves that have been made with pitching lately when it comes to handfuls being released out of nowhere and stuff like that. It's it's hard to say, but I would I would say I'm pretty excited to see what moves are made following and up to Jason coming. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun. Uh Kylie, I just wanna say thank you so much for coming on. You know, I really appreciate it. This is going to be a fun episode, and you've given us incredible insight about all these future players that will be hopeful Yankees or even major leaguers in the future. So, uh, I'll, I'll give this you know time to you now to promote yourself. Uh, where can where can people find you? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me be part of this. Um, I am on Instagram, Twitter. Instagram is Kylie Rochelle Photography. Twitter is Kylie six four six four. I post a little bit of everything when it comes to sports i'm working lacrosse and baseball so it's a mix but most of it is baseball prospects so that's a lot of what i do (laughs) thank you so much for for taking the time and i really appreciate it uh hopefully we can collab again in, in the future and uh you know talk soon thank you so much thank you thank you sean thank you to our special guest kylie for our feature on high a hudson valley renegades now we're going to throw it to Double A Somerset. We're going to talk with our special guest Julian Guerrero on some of the uh, athletes we have in Double uh, A Somerset. Julian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to do this. We haven't chopped it up in a minute. Um, obviously, a lot of excitement in Somerset after what just took place with Volpe. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, so let's get right into um, one of the more exciting prospects that, um, that's been getting a lot of buzz, um, especially because he was one of the quieter picks, um, especially when he started off in Tampa last year, Elijah Dunham. Um, last year, he was he was kind of quiet because he went undrafted in, uh, I believe it was 2020, um, going into uh, the 2021 season. He was one of those uh, undrafted picks um, that didn't really get a lot of attention going into the 2021 season. Um, so what have you seen out of Elijah Dunham that you've really liked so far this season? He's been really impressive, just about everything. And I mean, it's funny you say he's quiet because that's the complete opposite of who he actually is because he's very loud, he's boisterous, he'll snap, he'll like throw a bat at our helmet if he doesn't get a call his way. Like even in a championship game, he was getting heated and he's told us before the season, he, you're going to hear him curse and he apologized to people in the front row. Uh, he plays with his hair on fire all the time. He's been going, and I didn't even realize he has 22 stolen bases too. And he bailed out of all this Chapman on two like single, like blue pits. Those have been singles. He made good plays on them. Uh, his OPS is like 800. He actually leads the team in average among qualified players, only 266, but has eight bombs, like 36 ribbies. So he's getting it done. And he hit second most times. It's a nice mix with Volpe heading from the right side, batting first. Uh, and the Patriots lineup is definitely pretty good. And he's a big catalyst for it. Yeah, and let's talk with uh, someone else that has uh, power. Um, their catcher that's behind um, Dunham, Josh Bro. Um, with a lot of the the talk with the catchers between Bro and Wells and, and Gomez, I saw Wells over the weekend. Uh, he looked pretty good. I saw the game last night um, in Bradenton. Wells looks pretty good as far as his arm goes, uh, throwing out uh, guys trying to steal second. What do you think of Bro as far as being a catcher? Do you? Th- do you see him being a catcher long-term? Um, do you see him as far as 
over Wells, possibly? It's an interesting debate. I've thought about it, too. I mean, I know Wells has more – he's more highly touted and people expect more from the offensive standpoint, at least. I mean, Burrow's offense, his power is there. I mean, he's only hitting like 200, but he does have 13 homers. So, his defense has looked pretty good. He spent some time injured. Um, overall, I mean – the thing is, I'm not sure what Burrow's ceiling really is. I feel like he might be kind of in a situation where he's trapped. I don't know if he ends up making all the way up. Like, maybe he'll get the triple-A, but I know they have a bunch of catchers up there. Uh, for Austin Wells, I mean, I know we've talked about this too. Maybe there'll be a position change to get him in there at some point. Um, I think the bat's probably better, I would assume. Uh, but Burrow is a solid player. The offense, I think he can still do a little better. I mean, his power is always going to be there. I'd like to see him hit for a little better average. Well, I know average doesn't mean that much anymore, but, like, his OPS is in the 7-16. I'd like to see that get higher. I mean, defensively, I mean, he looks – he's he holds the game well. I just don't know, like, his long-term growth in the Yankee system is what I mean. Like, what's the end game for him? Like, that's kind of what I'm getting at with that. Uh, one of the um, one of the infielders that's been really impressive to me, uh, just watching a, a couple of clips uh, with Somerset, has been Jesus Basitas. Um, You know, he was very impressive in Tampa. I was really surprised that he skipped um, Hudson Valley when they promoted him. They would send him straight to Somerset. What's your uh, what's your take on Bastidas? He's been pretty good. Uh, he's been a big part in a couple of games. He's moved around a little bit sometimes. I think he plays a little short when Volpe doesn't play sometimes. Uh, you'll see him at third base here and there. I know he's mainly a second, but I think he's been a solid player. Um, our infield depth is still crowded. It's another tough one to see like where things are going to end up for him, but um, he's come up with some big hits. It's like eight homers and like 750 OPS. I think um, he's definitely a well-rounded player, so he um I can't, I don't know if he'll get up double A this year though because the triple A situation is a little crowded unless something happens with Peraza but um he's been uh, definitely a key part of what's going on down there and another thing quickly about Burrow is that I think he's also a forty man uh, rule of five guy so he might not be with the Yankees much longer I don't know how that's going to look either I think another um, another play we should talk about as far as the infield is concerned is Chad Bell um, he was very impressive when I saw him in Tampa. He's also another one that's competing pretty well in Somerset right now. He's batting 225 with a 694 OPS. Um, really good glove. It's he had he's listed as a third baseman in um, on his profile page on the minor league baseball website, but I know he plays first as well. And I know he can play either corner depending on where Chaparro is. Chaparro is injured right now, but I really like the way that Chaparro plays. Um, what's your take on Chad Bell? His power is insane. Um, we saw him hit a ball over the scoreboard in right field in Somerset and BP and that score. That's like a huge shot out here. Um, he has seven bombs in the year. Sometimes they mix him in because Mickey Gasper also gets some action at first sometimes too in the catching. So um, I think Chad Bell's pretty raw still. I think the power tools are there. Uh, obviously, I mean, the averages are all low, so it's tough for me to keep harping on average. I don't really like to do that, but like they, they're not really, no one's really hitting for a high average except, I guess, like Donham and now Bobby's average is starting to come up a little bit, but um, his fielding has been pretty good, I think. So, um, I think Chad Bell's decent, but and like you said, and we've talked about, I mean, he's got a chance because our first base situation is pretty thin. I mean, there's not a lot of great depth at first base. In the Yankees organization, as you know, that's why we think Wells might make sense there eventually. So um, he's he's got some room to grow for sure. And we'll get back to um, a little bit more of the infield at, uh, as we round out um, Somerset in a little bit. But let's go out to the outfield. 
and a friend of the podcast, Brendan Lockridge, was on in a previous episode. Um, what do you, um, what's your take on Brendan Lockridge? Lockridge is so important to this team. He's like the glue guy. I mean, everyone rallies around Lock. He's like the leader in the outfield. Tom loves him. All the out, Blake Perkins, like all these guys rally around him. He seems like he's like the veteran of the group almost. Um, um, I just, I'm expecting a little more offense still. I know the season's early and I'm a little surprised with like the drop off on offense because like his OPS is like in the sevens. Last year was like, it was like up there. It was like a nines, maybe. He was going off last year. I mean, his defense is still good, but I want to see his offense get going a little bit. So now we're going to get into the uh, pitching rotation. Uh, one of my favorite pitchers that I saw last year was Sean Boyle. Um, and he's a, a kind of a local product as far as New York goes. Not really no, local to me. I'm in Tampa. Um, and he really flew through the system last year, but he's kind of settled into Somerset. Um, right now he has a, a 5, 5.52 ERA with a 1.2 on whip through 62 innings, a bit of an unconventional windup, um, which as Sean and I were talking about off air, I think kind of threw a couple batters for a loop, uh, last year. And I think that's what, what kind of, um, uh, made things wor work out so successful last year with an under two ERA. Um, what did you think of, uh, what do you think of his stuff so far this year? He told me that they're working on getting his strikeouts up. And that's part of the reason why you're starting to see the ERA go up because his strikeouts are up as like 70, like 62 innings or something. His K's per nine are good. His K's for walk ratio are good. And there was one other thing I think too. I think it's balls. I think it's walks for nine also, but he's, he's trying to work through some things and tinker with a couple pitches. I don't think he's been throwing like a sinker as much. I think that's been part of the issue. He's trying to get, more strikeouts and he looks good last time he gave up two runs in six he's starting again today I think he could be poised for a big second half and last year he did go all through the system he does seem very settled in double a especially with all the depth we have at triple a but I think that Sean's gonna be in for a good second half I think he's starting to make adjustments you're starting to see him turn it around in the beginning of the year he really struggled a little bit but he's starting to settle in I think um I'm always gonna be a fan of his and I hope he continues to do well Probably my favorite story, I think, of 2022 so far is of Carson Coleman, a right-handed pitcher. Um, Yankees selected him undrafted, uh, went to uh, University of Kentucky um, last year with Tampa through a six, uh, over six ERA through 35 um, and a third innings. Right now through 36 innings, throwing a, about a one and a quarter ERA. Um, which is kind of insane as far as I'm concerned, uh, the, the amount of turnaround that he has uh, done so far this year. Um, what, do, what, do you, what have you seen so far of, of what he's done? I like wouldn't even know last year happens, honestly, if I was just watching this year, because like it's been such a drastic turnaround. Yeah. He's, been, he's been that good. I mean, the pitching coach has been very good for the Patriots. He's doing, he, everyone seems to do well once they get to Somerset for the most part. And even if they don't, like they eventually end up adjusting and um, settling in. And their pitching staff is ridiculous. I mean, they had Waldachuk down there, they had Burrito down there. Now they're up like Vasquez and Medina have been throwing the ball well too. Like they have so much depth in that pitching staff. So speaking of um, Vasquez, he was one of my favorite pitchers that I saw, and he was kind of one of the one of the pitchers that I was trying to put on people's radars. I was like, you got to, you guys got to watch this guy. You guys got to watch this guy. And he wasn't really on anybody's radar because he was one of those international kids that you know there was 
kind of quiet. He wasn't really making waves. Um, and I think now that he's in Somerset, he's on MLB TV, he's starting to make waves. So right now through 55 and two thirds innings, he has a 2.75 ERA with a 1.13 whip. Last year when he was in Tampa, he had about the same kind of ERA. What have you saw in him? I, I think Vasquez is really good. Um, his breaking stuff's incredible. He was telling us the story of how like he, he, he got his breaking ball by spinning a bottle cap. Like that's how he wanted to throw his curveball. And then there was a scout that wanted him to throw 92. He was a catcher. He couldn't hit. And they're like, you're going to have to pitch. Otherwise you can't play. And then they sign him and all that. And he's really, like you said, he's an underdog story. Like he really came out of nowhere. Now he's like approaching top 10 lists on the Yankees prospects. I think he falls like 15th right now on their list or something, but um, I could see him getting a bump up to triple A, depending on what happens with the rest of the staff up there. Um, another uh, international uh, pitching prospect that's intriguing is Luis Medina. Mm-hmm. Um, 54 innings pitched so far, has a three ERA with a 1.11 whip. Um, I've had a lot of uh, people ask me about him, but I don't watch an awful lot of Somerset because I, I focus on the two teams I have in Tampa. But uh, what have you uh, seen and liked about him? I'm, I'm getting more impressed with him each time he takes the ball. Um, at first, I was wanting more. I wanted more control, but he's starting to get it together, man. He really is. Um, his last start was really impressive in the championship game. He only went six scoreless. He struck out five batters. He he wasn't too um, amped up for the moment. He was poised. He took control of what he had to do. And it was really impressive because he, put, he pitched against him on that Tuesday and gave up two runs. And then they saw him again, and they still couldn't get to him. So that's definitely a good sign. And his strikeout stuff's always been there. It's just a question of his control, which he seems to be starting to get under control. And we know he can light the gun up over 100. Um, he's a really intriguing prospect. And um, we'll see what happens with him. I'm definitely excited to see more. All right. And then I want to get into uh, Josh Masajewski. I think I pronounced that right. Sorry, Josh, if I butchered your name. It's it's uh, one of those names, I guess. That's tough. Um. So through 34 and two-thirds innings, he has a 6.63 ERA with a 1.21 whip. Um, I've seen a little bit of his stuff. I want to say I saw him in spring training throw a little bit. Um, The little bit that I've seen, I really liked what I saw. Um, He's kind of one of those like Mitch Spence. I liked what I saw of him um, in spring training. Um, He's kind of one of those intriguing prospects that you know, I keep my eye on, you don't know what's going to happen with him. He seems like he's kind of one of those trade chips kind of thing. Um, what do you, what do you uh, see in him? He's been good with Somerset. He has like 46 Ks and 32 innings. Uh, CRA's under three up here. I know he's an interesting one. I think, like you said, with the trade chips, there's a lot of guys we got to watch for all those rule five guys that are eligible. I think those are the guys he's going to try to play with. Uh, Vasquez is on that list too. And I think, Aiden might be also, but I think he's good. Um, I want to see a little bit more. I haven't, I haven't fully seen him that much, uh, only from some time to time. I've gone to like cap around half the game. So um, I don't think he's a starter. He's never started. I think he's a bullpen guy. So um, that's what I would say. All right. And then we got to close us out with a number one Yankee prospect, Anthony Volpe. What do I even have to say at this point? I <laughs> think the kid's speaking for himself, but honestly, um, I know people were upset in the beginning. He wasn't playing well enough, but like 
he's really turns up in June. I think he's been, he's been going off. He has like 10 homers. He leads with stolen bases. Like I knew he was fast, but I didn't know he was that fast. Like he just takes off. He has 27 steals. Um, his defense has been pretty good despite the error he had the other night, but he made up for it with the homer, obviously. Uh, he was just uh, – the way – I'm impressed with how he carries himself. I really am. He doesn't get caught up in anything, and he has so much fanfare with his families in every game. Like, they load the stands up. Like, everyone's in Somerset cheering him on, and you'll have a few haters. But, like, he's just, like – he's very um, he's very confident in what he does. Like, he doesn't get wavered by his slow start either. Um I think he could get moved up maybe in the next month or two, depending on what they're going to do with Praza, maybe. Uh, because I, I know they want to see him conquer double A more before they move him. But if he takes off in the second half for the next month or so, like I don't see what else he really has to do in double A. He's starting to really get it together. Um, I'm just, everything's great about him. Before I forget, did you get a chance to see um, Aroldis Chapman make a rehab start? Yes, yes, yes. I actually uh, saw your... two, two appearances. I got to see two. And what did you um what did you think of that real quick? Okay. So first one I mean was very brief and he threw like eight or seven pitches and then he got a strikeout. He picked a guy off that was Tovar actually. It was like a really good prospect for the Rockies. Um I think he could be like their next tool. I'll say that's how good he is. But anyway, um the, he picks him off with a double and he gets the grounds out. So the first outing was very brief. The second one was a little more interesting. He got a K again. Um then Elijah Dunham bailed him out in two plays, like I said. So that one was a little more eye-opening. But um, I know Ashmore had the gun at the first game. He said he was hitting like 100 miles an hour almost. He wasn't there for the second game. The Somerset gun is off, so I don't really know how to assess that. But his control looked pretty good, I'll say. Like, that was one positive aspect of it. So I think he's going to be ready to go. We'll see what happens with the whole closer debate thing. But he'll be back in there tomorrow. Right. Crazy to see him there though. The fanfare was wild. Like the people filming in the bullpen, like security was getting involved. Like it was a mess. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, Julian, we're going to quickly go into um, some AAA chat. Uh, talk about our uh, prospects in AAA Scranton Wilkesbury. Um, we'll talk about um, Volpe's um, contender, I guess you can say, at short, Oswald Peraza. Um, what have you seen of uh, Oswald Peraza? I know he's he's hit a couple uh, home runs in the past couple of games. He's had, a, I think it was a four home run game or something like that over the weekend. Uh, he has nine on the year now. I know his OPS is just over seven. His offense was really brutal the first couple of months, but he's starting to put it together. We know his defense is really good. We know he can fly. He's, he has 15 stolen bases, um, so we know he can run. Um, I was starting to think if IKF was injured that they would give him a bump up maybe to see what he has. Um, but I think we're going to see what happens in this next month. I think he either headlines a package or we're going to have to see him at some point or because uh, I don't really know how they're going to keep him and Volpe together because there's so much going on with that. Like their infield's very crowded. So, and we know Volpe's not getting traded. So I'm curious what you think about that. I don't know. Um, I think my take is um, if Kiner Falefa is okay and they play, they play Kiner Falefa, um, then they, they just play up Peraza until, you know, something happens with Kiner Falefa or, or Glaber or something. I think if one of the two are, if one of the two get injured, then that's when Peraza gets a shot. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a reason for them to, to just throw Peraza in there, you know, give them the opportunity to, to get more ABs in AAA. I think that that's makes more point. sense to me. 
Yeah. What do you think about trading him in a package to deadline? Maybe they get something we need. I think that makes sense because there's so much depth at, at short that it, it makes to, to me, that makes sense. Um, so let's go into um, some of the pitching depth that the Yankees have. Uh, let's go into talking about Hayden Westneski. So Westneski has uh, thrown 65 uh, innings with Scranton so far, or at least in 2022, maybe not necessarily with Scranton. Um, right now has a 4.02 ERA with a 1.14 whip, uh, 55 strikeouts. Yeah, no, Hayden, um, Hayden's been with Scranton all year. He hasn't been with Double A, so he's been up there. Um, I really like Hayden a lot. I think um, I think he's going to need to do a little more in AAA, obviously. He's definitely a candidate to be a call-up, potentially, I think, later in the year, depending how things round out. But you have to be added to the 40-man. Um, but I always like what I see from him. I know they haven't been giving him any run support. It seems like he's pitching well, and they're not doing anything for him, almost like the Montgomery effect. But I think he's taking – I know his ERA was in the threes for a while. I guess he's gotten roughed up a little bit lately. So it's still not terrible. I mean, it's a four. I mean, it's not like the end of the world. He's It's his first full season in AAA. So I think he's got some room to get better. His pitch mix is disgusting. He has, like, so many pitches, like his sinkers, like his curveballs, like all this stuff he has is just, like, um, out of this world. Like a slide, that slider he has. But he's going to be good, I think. He's got, he's got good size. He's got good frame. And he's got good stuff. So he has like what it takes to make it you know, majors, I think. And one of the one of the pitchers that I'm excited for is lefty Ken Waldichuk. Mm-hmm. Um, right now he has a 58 and two-thirds uh, innings. He's thrown 1.99 ERA with an under one whip, uh, 0.99 whip. I can't wait to see him in, in pinstripes in the Bronx. He's close, um, man. He's right there. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to give him the JP Sears effect yet, but um, I think he deserves it. Me too, bro. And what we see them do with double A and triple A shows he's ready for it too. I mean, I don't really think he has much more to prove down there. Double A, he was just slicing batters up. And now triple A, he's doing the same thing. Um, his stuff is just phenomenal. He's already got 42 Ks in 30 innings with the ERA under three. I mean, nothing seems too big for him. He's a very calm, cool, and collective person too. He's quieter than Anthony, but like he's got that confidence too. Like he's not going to say too much, but he's going to get the job done. And, um, his stuff is ridiculous and he's a lefty he throws like 97 plus he can pitch in the majors right now there's no question about it the only problem is you got to add him to the 40 that's one obstacle which i don't think should be the biggest obstacle they could find someone to chop off the 40 if they wanted to maybe trade miguel anduar or something something like that but or move a pitcher but i think he'll get a shot i'm not sure exactly when maybe I know he's gonna. They're gonna be mixing in these six starters, so maybe in the next month or two we can see uh, Hayden get. Not Hayden. I mean Hayden's behind Ken. Well, the Chuck get the call up. I think it'll happen at some point. I I can't wait for it either. That wraps things up with the uh, uh, Scranton. That wraps up our episode with our minor league look. Um, Julian, where where can we find you on social media? All right, thanks guys. It's uh, Julian Gilardi one on Twitter. We got Julian Gilardi eleven on Instagram. Uh, you can check out my podcast out in the field as well. And I'm going to start twitching again. That's out in the field, JG, once I get that rolling. So, um, yeah, that's my channels, basically. Um, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm always, like, chopping it up. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted. And now we have a full second half of the minor league season to look forward to. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that for sure. All right, so that wraps things up on our end for the uh, minor league episode. 
Uh, thanks for listening and look forward to our next episode where we're going to talk more uh, Yankees major league content. Thanks for listening.